me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change and withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. What if you could be a superhero? Dave here from DC On Screen. If you love this show and you want to see it continue and thrive, please be sure to visit iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a five-star written review. The process is faster than a speeding bullet. You don't even have to wear tights or a cape. I mean, you can, if you're into that kind of thing. No judgment. What's important is that you tell the world what you like about the show and why you think they should be listening too. It really does go a long way in helping our show grow and expand, pushing us into more people's eye and ear holes. That was a weird way to put that. By the way, leaving a five-star written review gets you entered into a drawing to win a free DC trade paperback DVD or Blu-ray valued at $15 or less. One in ten will win and will be chosen through a true number generator on random.org. Think of it as our version of that antiquated sexist moment where the superhero saves the girl and she gives him a little jaw sugar. <laughs> Alright, begging is over. Time for a brand new episode of DC On Screen. Welcome into DC On Screen, your guide to the DC Universe on film and television. This is episode 293. It is our weekly DC TV episode, and if it has been released in the news, we are most likely going to be talking about it, so cover your ears, children, if there are spoilers that you don't want heard. I am your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. In the DCEU episode, I revealed that I really like Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and he did too. He likes it too. Something else we have in common, and in the same theme, we both adore milk. Oh, hugely unhealthy. And we never even we yeah we never even talked about it or anything until we became roommates. And I like came home with two gallons of whole milk, and I opened the fridge, and there were like two gallons of whole milk in the fridge. <laughs> and we looked at each other like when, you too. Yeah, you too. Yeah, our friend Brandon used to just sit at the kitchen table and laugh his ass off at what he described as quote two grown ass men drinking milk. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Of course, he also brought us milk that they that he and his girlfriend bought when uh, if they weren't going to get be able to get to it before the expiration date, he would just sure. bring it to us. Yeah, and we would take care of it. Like we would be ha- we would happily take care of it. And a lot of times it was like two percent because they're off. <clears throat> and <laughs> but yeah, like Jason and I can actually tell the difference. Like if you like blind taste test us, we're like, That's we tried all. it one night. Ra- Brandon wondered, so we, we had him actually did. test us, and sure enough. Yeah, this is what we do when we don't talk about Batman, guys. So over milk. At this oh. point, I think I can actually tell the difference between uh, like regular Red Top brand whole milk and organic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the taste test. Mm-hmm. I could. I could probably. I have 
tasted it and been like, you didn't get this. This is a great value. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. We got it at Target. I knew it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I knew this wasn't Walmart milk. Right. <laughs> no, we um we have a we have a we had a problem. We actually yeah. used to have a uh you know all right, your average convenience store has has milk in it with a, a poor emergency <laughs> like it, it's a it's a poor expiration date. But when we got well, down it's a poor to... expiration date, and even the expiration date because that that thing has that door has been opened, open and closed over and over again. Yeah, you need to like subtract. Mm-hmm. I don't know, take about sixty percent off that expiration date. Uh, and we we really would uh, if we got down to one or God forbid less than one gallon of milk, we would just head to the convenience store <laughs> on the way home and buy what we called emergency milk. That was your phrasing, sir. I don't want to take credit for it. That was your brilliant phrasing. You took it up. <laughs> Along with my emergency tuna. Yeah. We won't get into that. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, DC things. Uh, if you like milk, let us know, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what the point of all that was. Uh, but <laughs> um, from laughing to crying, I guess. Francine oh. York. Francine York died at 80 years old um she was lydia limpet in batman the old 66 series um in the episodes while gotham city burns the bookworm turns those were two episodes um right she was also on uh, girl. yeah i mean she was also in lost in space bewitched i dream of genie uh, the streets of san francisco colombo kojak jason of star command police story mission impossible riptide perry mason matlock beverly hills 90210 and lois and clark there's another dc connection there you go but they on imdb they they mentioned her as the mistress of ceremonies hmm. and i don't remember that shit so sorry can't really talk about it <laughs> but yes uh sad sad things I would be fascinated to find out how many of those characters I would recognize if I went back and like, like I spent a ton of time as a, as a kid. Um, Nick at night was just, that was what I did. Right. Like for, uh, for me, it was post 10 o'clock. I already had to be in bed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I watched all of those shows. Was it weird to you? Because you know, you, you grew up in a very conservative envi- environment like I did. Um, where it was oddly enough, the idea was, oh, if he's watching old TV shows, it's wholesome. And I'm like sitting there going, all of these women have mini skirts on, <laughs> <laughs> like they're wearing like nothing. It depended. It changed though. Like um, it was a brief glimpse, brief glimpse at TV history. For instance, Mary Tyler Moore and Rhoda. <laughs> yeah. Um. Even Lou watched watched it uh, every every time it was available, and mm-hmm. those were. Uh, as far as uh, feminism on television goes, those were mm-hmm. huge breakthroughs. Sure. Um, to my conservative family, though, they were just old shows. It didn't ma- didn't matter. Um, yeah, yeah. Watching the Bob Newhart well, show, reason, I, I I think I sat there and was like, no, this is. And I remember seeing it in color and 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 watching, going like, no, Bob Newhart's the first show where the, like the the you know the 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 two uh, the married couple actually like slept in the same bed together. Yeah. That was a huge damn deal. I mean, I I remembered watching Dick Van Dyke and thinking that was weird, but. You know, my parents, <laughs> conservative as they were, uh, slept yeah. in the same bed together. And then my, like, I would go over to my grandparents' house, and sure enough, they had two separate rooms, like, decorated entirely differently. No, that that's just being called married for a certain <laughs> amount of time. That's just, like, you sleep no, in separate I, rooms. No. Like, my, uh, <laughs> After, my like, 25 years. My great-grandparents were married, I think it was 58 years before one of them passed away. 
Uh-huh. They had separate rooms. Yeah. The entire time. It was an entirely okay. different upbringing for them. Well, you know, I don't know. Like, I think at a certain point, a lot of married couples, I've heard of, I've heard of this, a lot of married couples will just be like, you know what, we gave it 15 years. We'll just split you have off the, here. You, I'm going to take you the have the You have the Jimmy legs. I snore. We can't get any rest. <laughs> We're getting to an age. We're getting to sleep an age now where sleep is cuddling. so important. Yeah. Sleep is so important. We're going to die if we don't go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you want to get separate beds? How about separate rooms? Because I can still hear you snore. That's fair. <laughs> and I don't want to be hearing you get up every all, all night taking a piss. Oh, that's understandable. Yeah. I don't know okay. what you're doing. What are you drinking before bed? I don't know. Water? Just water. Just water. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was a weird time, and yeah, like I, I to to end my uh, my tiny rant here. Yeah, it was it was it was strange. Yeah. Like you you would see certain vestiges of the stuff that I saw, like in or that I was being like told and taught when I was growing up, and um, it it was it was it was a bit neat as a uh, like an anthropological experiment, I suppose, to go back and, and see uh, Nick at night, and I yeah. I would be just I don't know, not surprised at all, really, when it comes down to it, to to see how many times I recognized her face if I went back and saw the episodes. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. All right, on to Gotham. Uh... <laughs> Which premiered last night, if you're, you know, hearing this. It, it did. It did. Uh, Twitter user Maddie asked Cameron Monaghan if he could divulge anything about the, quote, upgraded Jerome. He replied saying, quote, monstrous, disgusting, cruel, the human embodiment of bad news. That's exciting. It really is. I like it. I could dig that. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> just from that there, I just kind of want... Can Cameron Monaghan be a writer on the show, guys? Right? He's damn he excited about draft. it. And he's got great ideas about how villainy works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gotham has also cast Raymond J. Barry as a mysterious temple shaman, which just sounds awful, who <laughs> comes into Bruce's life in order to help him unlock the potential of his mind. Okay, well, now I'm, I'm, I'm more on board. Mm-hmm. The sh- <laughs> Anytime a show goes, well, we're going to introduce a shaman character, I go, oh, man. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the shaman tells Bruce that the fate of Gotham City rests on Bruce becoming the man he's destined to be. Now, see that? I don't care for Oh, I, don't we have I, enough? I do care for allusions that. to the future. Don't we have enough allusions to the future about like Batman? Do we really need a shaman? A freaking shaman? No, they're telling mm. Bruce like, "Well, you're going to be the Batman." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, right, Whatever a shaman does, way. I don't know. How many different people can tell you about the future? Like, their prognosticators come scarcely. Right, and <laughs> you, you can't like. <laughs> my, okay, that's my now my new official favorite <laughs> quote. From DC on screen. Prognosticators come scarcely. They're not huge in number. Things would be better, probably. It, <laughs> but if we had them, they yeah. they they would come in short supply. And this is... How many how many people... Like, tell me if I'm forgetting something about the show, please. But how many people yeah. have come to Bruce and just said, no, seriously, you're going to change the future? <laughs> like every person he's come into contact not every with. person there have been like hints from oh. alfred there have been some suggestions somewhere but like a lot no someone who actually knows the future who literally came in i don't remember that on on gotham if you meet bruce you fall into two camps the people who foolishly underestimate him because he's a child 
Would or the people who believe that he's going. Look at that kid's yeah. eyes. Or the people who believe that he has the drive and something about him that's going to like become something great one day. There's no like in between of like, yeah, I'm sure you're going to become like, you know, some random thing. You're probably going to, you know, get to about 15, decide that you're, you know, going to suddenly switch, you know, your sexual preference and start designing clothes, you know, because <laughs> you have a family who was really rich and, you know, whatever. Like there's not like, <laughs> actually, I think I was just thinking of Jaden Smith. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, I don't, I don't know. I don't, it's just, it's weird to me. It seems like on Gotham, you either fall into one of those two camps and it's a little bit like, eh, most people would probably think that he wasn't going to become anything. Like, I, th I think it would be more realistic if Alfred was just like, you know what, Master Bruce, seriously, the fact of the matter is, I think you're probably going to try to become a writer and then not ever write anything because you're watching Netflix. <laughs> That's just an average kid. I expect more out of him. I, that was just more autobiographical than anything. <laughs> Retrospectively, sure. <laughs> All right, moving along. <laughs> I'm done with a shaman, I guess. I'll, we'll, we'll see. This show's already so crazy. All it, right. It really That could end up being a really cool moment where, like, he sees his future. And it could end up just being right. another strange moment where, like, Alfred is way too enthused about some kid that he follows around like a guardian puppy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. So uh, executive producer John Stevens told TV Guy that Harley might show up as early as the season three finale. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> <laughs> he, he also claims that the Harley character will be a launching point. Oh, a launching point for what the show has planned for season four. Saying, quote, it's crazy. It sounds crazy. He also described where Jerome is coming from these days, saying, quote, someone who has basically gone through death and come back to life has a very different point of, of point of view. He also has a grander point of view. It's altered how he is. It's odd to say he's more psychotic than he was before. Mm, I'm down for that part. That part sounds good. The The part that's worrying you, though, is, is you know, we... We don't really want Barbara to become Harley. And no, that's kind of what they have in their tank right now. And we haven't seen casting news for someone who's going to be like Harley Quinn, mm -hmm. which is still okay. <laughs> We're talking about uh, right. episode 22, which will air in like late May, probably. Mm -hmm. And I uh, meant to look it up to verify. I, I think uh, I think I saw the... Like Gotham's going to do a thing where it's going to be around for three episodes and then come back and then yeah. all that. Um, mm -hmm. but it's, it's just going to be here for a, for like a flash in the pan, I guess. Yeah. My personal guess is it's going to be here for three episodes, deal with the Jerome storyline, and then we're not going to see him again. Just a personal guess. Yeah. But, but he's a really big breakout character. So like, he's probably one of the most popular characters on the show. Oh, dude. In, I in guess terms of, I, um, I'm, it's Gotham. I'm guessing he's going to go like his episodes and this will be the test. This will be the test right here. These three episodes, if they are huge in ratings, that he's going to be around. It's going to be Spike and Buffy all over again. Right? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, no, what we might have is, is a situation, though, where like they deal with the Jerome storyline mm -hmm. as, as kind of a, 
I don't know, a little experiment. Like we're we're gonna do what we think we should do with him, see how it goes, and if he if he bombs, then screw it. If he doesn't, then we'll we'll try to take it to the next level. But we may right. have another uh, another situation where like I, wait, I'm sorry, I, I think it's April 24th. You thought it was April 30th? Yeah. Um, pardon me, let's just scroll here real quick. The reports that I saw it said April 30th was when they were coming back. April 24th is a Monday though, and April 30th is a Sunday. Oh no, I don't know. I'm gonna go with the 24th for now. Um, <laughs> I just looked it up. Didn't even bother before. But um, oh, that would make that would make sense because on the Lucifer it said that they weren't coming back. They were gonna do the three episodes, and they weren't coming back until uh, March first. Yeah. So that would make sense if that was true. It if was it was, first. there's some pending news there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if 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 they do that, they come back. They they do their Jerome thing. Whatever. Point is, they have plenty of time. Even if they don't know who Harley Quinn is, they have they actually have time to to cast her. For God's sake, writer, uh-huh. whole thing, and he's clearly not none of them. I haven't heard a bit of news one way or the other that that says definitively. Yeah, we know exactly what's going on with this cat. We're, we're we we know what we're doing with her. We know who it is. All that could be Barbara. Could be not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Jerome yeah, Jerome's I mean, the same problem. It, it could be Jerome. Mm-hmm. He could be the Joker. Which, let's, the pro look, Joker's let's be a honest. Thing. Let's be honest. If Jerome gets that that many viewers, mm-hmm. if he draws in that much of an audience, he will be the Joker. There will be no proto Joker about it. They will make him the Joker for it's, as long as the show is on. It's just ill advised not to take advantage of it. Yeah, just that's how it is. It, it's not like, and they will Fox. spin it. They will they will try to be like, well, we were just so impressed with the kid's performance. We thought he deserves to be the real Joker, et cetera, et cetera. We had a great idea that involved this character that was doing so well. What the fuck ever, man. It, it, the bottom line is, and I don't even, I'm not even passing judgment here. This is legitimately how things can work sometimes. It's television. You do things like on this weird sliding scale. No yeah. judgment from me. If if you see if you see this this cat come back as this wildly entertaining thing, and it's it takes over like the reception is so freaking great that you can't deny it, and you come back and say yeah we you know had a plan that might have I don't even care that you're fudging it that you had like a backup plan, fine do what you do, I, mm-hmm. if it works it works, and you know even in this day and age with the internet the way it is. Um, even if they do that and they say, well, we, it was always our plan to make Jerome the Joker. Okay. Well, what about all these other interviews? Well, we were just trying to screw you guys over because we didn't want you to know the truth. We wanted you to have a certain expectation and then do a different thing. I don't envy these guys because, you know, there was a time like back in the seventies and eighties and even the nineties to some degree where you could get away with saying, Hey, we're going to film like two or three different endings of this episode just to screw with the studio audience. So no one will actually know what's going to happen. And then boom, you know, the Colonel on mash is dead and you guys didn't know about it. The Nowadays effect. you just have to, you just have to completely lie about everything. Yeah. Like they, they shot one where Sam and Diane got married. One version where Sam and Diane didn't with two different audiences. Right. Um, so you have to do that. You have to lie. Like we, we, we rail on Mark Guggenheim of Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow for being a bald faced liar. Well, he is bald and he is bald faced, <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> He's stubbly and he is a, he is a liar, but it's, it's now an, sadly a necessity 
You just, it is. It you is. You can't be I, in an interview I, and just be like, no comments, don't, no like comments. When I'm like growling googs, I don't give him enough credit for that. It's my fault. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I want to give Guggenheim the credit because I'd like to be able to tag him and stuff and say <laughs> stuff to him. <laughs> <laughs> Call him a liar about less. publicity, kids. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I, I would, though. Anyway, on the Lucifer. We, just, we have a, an affinity for truth over here, and he does lie a lot. Not to say that it's not his <laughs> fault. He just does lie a lot. He's the one writing Diggle. Um. <laughs> <laughs> She'll never trust you again, Oliver. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you can't tell her the truth. There may be some uh, anyway. sublimation in that character. <laughs> uh, over to Lucifer, and it's weird that we have Lucifer news. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang the lantern on that one. Yeah, it's weird that we have Lucifer news. We never have Lucifer news, um, and it's weird because you know most of the time it's just like these weird like. AdSense kind of sites, like these sites that have a lot of weird ads on them. Yeah, that uh, that have Lucifer news. Very clickbaity. But anyway, uh, Lucifer has released a preview for their winter premiere, which will have aired by now, uh, just by a few hours. Uh, what has people confused though, and kind of panicky, is the ominous three episodes left at the end of the preview. <laughs> like three episodes to what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fans of the show, uh, which has been having some ratings trouble, are now wondering if that means three episodes to the end of the show, or maybe just three episodes until the end of the story arc. Uh, there's no actual word yet from Fox on either the show's cancellation or renewal. Um, yeah, I didn't realize it had been having ratings trouble, but there are all these reports saying that they're having ratings trouble. Well, for like for a network like Fox, they're kind of they're good, but they're not maybe good enough. Yeah. Uh, and the so sad part was we'd, with, we'd, I don't know, um, I don't know where to leave it with this, because we'd reported earlier that, that Lucifer is, is by Fox's current standards, doing well. Yeah. So I have a theory here that what was happening on Fox before, mm-hmm. they were doing better than the average. I, I, my theory is that some of the stuff that Fox has in mind for next season, they're more excited about than, than where the, the average previously lied. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think they may be, be thinking they're going to take some chances on some different shows and try to up the ante here. Yeah. Well, when we were talking about how well Lucifer was doing, it was last season, and when they had renewed it because it was getting roughly the same amount of uh, viewership as Gotham. This season, I mean, we're, we're talking about, you know, what, seven or eight episodes? Yeah. I don't even know. I don't remember. Uh, I think this is... That is kind of a huge... By the way, we, we had a discrepancy about when the this uh, stewardess episode was supposed to, to air and apparently mm-hmm. Fox did push that back. And one of the speculations okay. is uh, because, well, there, if it is three episodes left, they pushed back that episode so they'd have three instead of two episodes to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of wrap up what they were doing. Yeah. So there's something. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, you know, the amount of episodes we've gotten so far for Lucifer is enough to make a network take pause if the ratings weren't, weren't good. Um, ironically, we've been talking about how, and screw you, Suicide Squad cast. We love you, but screw you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll explain that in a second. We've been talking about how Lucifer's been getting a fair amount better. And, uh, you know, it would be ironic or par for course, maybe the exact opposite of ironic. (laughs) If we said, Hey, this has gotten really good or gotten pretty good. It's heading in the right direction. And then it was canceled. Right. 
So, um, but yeah, we, uh, that would, <laughs> that would be a, a good example of our lives personally. Yeah. Uh, to explain though, Suicide Squad cast, they did, Tim dove into the Razzies talking about BVS and Suicide Squad being on the Razzies list. Then at the end of their episode, they did a, uh, a little bit, like a little comedy sketch that they do at the end of every episode. But they did a little sketch about how the Razzies sent them a notification uh, for podcasts, for DC podcasts. And we were the first ones they mentioned. They said DC on screen. Uh, we don't know why they were mentioned. Probably because of their short Lucifer episodes. <laughs> They're like five-minute Lucifer episodes where we're like, hey, we're DC on screen and we hate Lucifer. See you guys later. <laughs> it's pretty accurate. I, I, it's pretty <laughs> I'm not judging the reporting here. <laughs> it was one of those where I was like, I was listening and kind of distracted, and I knew that we were going to be brought into it somewhere because they tagged us on Twitter. Uh-huh. And um, I heard that, and I kind of went, I laughed, but it was like, ah, oh, you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> you bastards. <laughs> you, you pieces of shit. Like, I, I love those guys. They're awesome. But, um, yeah, it's just it's like, come on, those episodes are like 10 or 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't speak to the content. It takes us but <laughs> slightly longer than, what would they say, five minutes yeah. to explain that we're bored and move on. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's... Uh, Only slightly. I still, I still maintain that it takes us more work to figure out what to say about Lucifer than it does the writers to write it. <laughs> I would swear by that. I really would. Like, I think we stress out more shit. than they do. Yeah. Well, you assholes, you're just grabbing episodes of Law and Order and throwing the devil in Seriously. there. Seriously. But no, lately we've liked it, though. That's what I'm saying. No, there have been a few though, like bright spots here. but yeah. The last month of episodes, like the last three or four episodes, we have liked it a lot more, and now they might be canceling it. Of course. Um, so anyway, it's Firefly all over again. Right? Except Firefly was good. The whole damn time. And possibly the best ep- the best series I've ever seen. So if you guys love us and like our opinions and you haven't seen Firefly, what the hell is wrong with you? I think it's on Hulu now, Go by check the way. that out. Go for it. Watch that and then watch Serenity, the movie. Mm-hmm. Watch it in that order, too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Tim Decay will be joining the cast of Lucifer as Dr. Jacob Carlyle, a brilliant neuroscience professor whose encounter with Lucifer will cost him someone he cares about. Uh, co-showrunner Ildi Modrovich? I never know how to say that name. Never know. Told TV line. And I keep thinking I'm going to look it up, but I never do. We're doing something we haven't done before, which is we're having a three-episode procedural arc. You mean a show? <laughs> Sorry. So in addition to the mythology, <laughs> so in addition to the mythology and really digging into Lucifer, Chloe, and will they, won't they, we have one big bad guy. Um, we always try to explore duality in the gray area. You don't have just bad guys and good guys, and that's kind of him, basically. He starts doing terrible things, but his intentions aren't bad. He was faced with making a horrible moral call in the middle of distress, and now he's kind of backpedaling from that. But in doing that, he does bad things. I would submit that maybe you should be doing arcs, up, you know, all the time. Arcs would have vastly improved our, like, perception of this show. Don't do Enterprise Season 1 and 2. Do Enterprise Season 3 and 4. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. On to Supergirl. There's a new Supergirl promo. Uh, it's out there to tide you over for one more week. 
It features lots of action and a Kara, Kara, sorry, Kara. What? It's been too long. That's when I know it's been too long. It's been too long since I watched Supergirl because I started calling her Kara instead of Kara. Mm-hmm. And a Kara obsessed Livewire. We miss Cat you know, there, so, I, I, you know, it helps. Look, I hate Livewire. I hate Livewire. I've always hated Livewire ever since she showed up on the show. I didn't like her on the animated series. Even the Paul Dini animated series, I just said, screw Livewire. Livegyre? What could that You're going to get there. Um... Anyway, Livewire is specifically bad on this show, but in this promo, I don't know if it was just the editing. She looked kind of scary. I don't know either. She seemed kind of crazy. But she seemed to have it together, seemed to have it like toned down right. and, and uh, right. a way that was a little frightening. I, I, I'm not scared of her anymore. Yeah. Scared of her in the, oh, oh my God, she's going to camp it up and ruin my show. Absolutely. Kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. Now she scares me in another way. Like, oh man, she's... She's going to try to like electric, kill Supergirl and might a, actually be able to do yeah. it. Now I'm invested she's in this show. Lector. She is electric Hannibal Lecter <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I even like the shot of like her feet in water. That <laughs> yeah, was, was kind of cool. kind of badass. <clears throat> we'll see where it goes, but damn it, that, that, yeah, there might there might be some vast improvements to that character's portrayal in the near future. But I have to admit that my favorite thing about that promo was uh, Monel being like, "I want to be a superhero." I'm like, "Yeah, do it, do it, be <laughs> a superhero." Yeah, man, you're gonna have to blow uniform in the little Superman symbol in the top left hand corner of your pectoral region. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. Oh, the Guardian stuff Which it- still look great too, though. Which you know in the comics, whenever like he would show up with the when he showed up with a little Superman symbol in the top left hand corner of his Superman suit, mm-hmm. I called him Polo Superman. <laughs> That's fair. That's entirely he just fair. So so lame. Ooh, but... ooh, call him Izod Superman. Ooh, it makes way more sense than it should. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, you made me choke, man. <laughs> Sorry. All right. <laughs> Comic book movie is reporting that someone asked Melissa Benoist to compare the DC TV universe to the grim, the quote grim, colorless DC EU. I would scoff at that, but we've bitched about that ourselves. So, <laughs> although colorless, uh, <laughs> we we don't. No. Yeah. Uh, they asked her that. to. Asked her to compare the DC TV universe to the grim, colorless, colorless DCEU and whether she thought the tone of the two universes would ever align. She replied, I think so. Ezra Miller's Flash is bringing humor and quirkiness, and the DC TV universe has had to grapple with some pretty dark emotional storylines on Arrow. I do think it's inevitable that we all start re- start to reflect each other, but I do love how positive and upliving uplifting supergirl's character is and i don't think she will change too drastically from that because in essence that's just who she is um it's my sincere hope that after all these shows are done even i don't care if they're done or not um i want crisis on infinite earths oh like, who doesn't yeah, they would be they would be crazy if they didn't bring in all these cw shows with the dceu like that's all they have after Infinity War, that's all they're going to have. Be fun. I say bring in Keaton. <clears throat> Honestly, you know what would be fun about this? Uh, uh, well, maybe the most fun. And a, a nice uh, go-fuck-yourself Marvel uh, touch is Marvel's three different universes right now. You have TV, you have Netflix, yeah. and you have movies. And they mention yeah, each other, absolutely. but they, ro- they don't really do anything with each other. 
I yeah, know there are crossovers, but the, those are like we have more. Uh, we're bordering on having more like Barry and Supergirl crossovers, which were originally mm. on two different networks, than we're about to have on on uh, Netflix and say the movies. So absolutely, or uh, sorry, ABC <laughs> and the movies. Um, I know what you meant, but yeah, like we, we're we're at that point where like yeah, you're the <laughs> shared universe, but you don't really share any yeah. damn thing, and. <laughs> Why not actually have crisis where you take a damn chance and do this shit? Right. <laughs> do it in 2021 and like have yeah. a, 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 you know, God, it's going to be four or five years Look, from now. And reunite. I see people. the fans. I see the fans saying this. I've heard Zack Snyder say this, like, oh, the Grant God. And this is his, his attempt at diplomacy with the Flash fans. Mm hmm. Like, Which, by well, the way, like Grant Melissa Benoist was fantastic with that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. better. She did better than Zack Snyder. What are you directing, Melissa? <laughs> <laughs> I need you in the direction. No, I just seat. need you in PR but, for everything from yeah. now on. Uh, but Snyder was like, well, the tones don't really mix. Well, okay, well, that's before BVS even came out, and guess what you're doing now? You're changing the tone. Right. Except they, they, were, they were already changing the tone according to Chris Terrio, before BBS came out. So, you know, I don't see a reason. And you know what? Look, life, the tone in life changes. Like, the tone is definitely different here in America than it is in, you know, some third world country. And just like in my own town, in any town, the tone is different here where I am, sitting in front of a microphone, recording a podcast for thousands of people to listen to than it is, you know, 15 minutes away in some broken down hodgepodge of a former city zone that is now just a bunch of crack whores begging for money. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> I used to have a friend in college. We're still friends, but we don't really speak much. But he was sadly, and I'm I'm not joking here, he was sadly very, very, very addicted to drugs. Several different drugs. But he used to tell me, because he would disappear for days on end, and then he would come back. He was in college with me, and he would miss classes, and he would be gone, and we didn't know if he was alive or dead. And he would come back, and he would say, seriously, you know, drugs notwithstanding. And he was a brilliant writer. Um, But he would say, drugs notwithstanding. When I go and hang out over on, you know, Day Street, which is, you know, a street in my town that's just not great, <laughs> or Mobile Highway or whatever it was, it is a completely different universe. Like, it feels, everything is completely different. I go over there, I do coke, I do heroin, I hang out with pimps and prostitutes, and then I come over here, I get sober enough to real, remember that I have student loans and I need to come back. And go to some classes, nice. and it's like I'm living in a pastel Pee Wee Herman play world. Like, the buildings aren't crumbling, and I don't know what's happening. <laughs> That's what he said. I don't, you know, I don't hang out and <laughs> do drugs or stuff. But so, but it's yeah, well put that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's like tones are different in the world. Tones can be different in a cinematic universe. You don't have to worry. You shouldn't have to worry about Grant Gustin not fitting in with Ezra Miller. Like, I'm totally down with Ezra Miller's vision of, like, he and Grant Gustin meeting on that Flashpoint Horizon line or whatever he was saying. But the Event Horizon yeah. or whatever? Yeah, the Event Horizon where they where they meet in the Speed Force and, and have a race or whatever it was he was talking about. 
Um, I don't know. I think Ezra's been on Mobile Highway. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd love to see it, though. Anyway. I have, though. I've been in situations that are just vastly different. And um, Alabama has a cute... Um, we live there, if you don't know. Uh, a a mm-hmm. cute ability to be... Like, we have a couple of communities that are on the like top 20 per capita in the nation. And I've I've been in those communities many times. And then we have a couple of communities mm-hmm. that... Uh, you, you drive by and there's literally a guy sitting on a broken like rocking chair with a shotgun in his <laughs> lap. Right. And you think, well, yeah. at least that guy has control over his situation because the yeah. people around him clearly don't. It's a little like Firefly, forgive me. Firefly. Um, where like you see like a den of squalor and badgers holding a piece of paper that has like super advanced like scrolling techniques uh, t- capabilities and stuff you know yeah you're like yeah it looks like you're you know in the 1800s but you have technology beyond our imagining um you know one side of the street is some glorious high rise and all of these executive types are coming out of it with their briefcases and the other side is broken down crack houses and and uh hooker nests i don't know <laughs> i think i just coined hooker nests by the way <laughs> <laughs> I think brothels I like it, was the previous term, but nope. I like hooker nests. Hooker nests is where I'm going with that. Yeah. No, we we um we have places anyway. where you can use a GPS to confusedly find your 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 way out of a dirt road. Yeah. If you've never been out and done anything in your life, yeah, you think everything has to have the same tone because otherwise it can't be in the same universe. Creatively, things can be very different because life is like that. Yeah. Anyway. CW President Mark Pedowick spoke at the Television Critics Award saying about rumors of a Superman spinoff starring, starring Tyler Hecklin, which, by the way, I would love to see. Tyler did a great job. There's no plan to do a series. There are no plans at the moment for him to return to Supergirl. If they wish to have him return, we would love to have him. I don't want him to return to Supergirl. I want him to have his own series. I don't think that would be taking away her spotlight. Um, maybe in some small way. But I love... No, I don't think episodes one and two took away her spotlight at all. No, I don't either. I loved him. And everyone can say, like, there was, like, a huge divide on Facebook and Twitter. People were, like, posting pictures of him and Henry Cavill together. And I was like, why, guys? They're two different... No, why? You you guys are screwing up. They just... Stop. Like, Superman was a... They let us have a multiverse. A cool supporting character. And I understood the... uh, I understood the hesitation about... Right. This is a Supergirl show, and like if we go back uh, a year from where we were then, it was it was all like, well, we're gonna do a Supergirl show, and and people were already asking questions about Superman, and mm-hmm. this was gonna be Supergirl show, and yeah, I get it, but he he came on and he was just like a cool supporting part, and he went away, and I still gave so many shits about this show mm-hmm. that was clearly supported by an extremely I don't know charismatic and strong female character uh, that it, it, it didn't right. do anything to to detract from that right the thing is i think like certain people like we had to work to get to a point where we could make the executives understand that we understood a, a multiverse and then they put out tyler hecklin superman on supergirl and all these assholes were like putting up pictures of him next to cavill and being like oh cavill could beat the shit out of him he's just pathetic and like dude we worked so hard to get here to where they could understand that we could accept a multiverse right. and now you guys are throwing it away like personally i 
I don't give a shit what the movies are doing. I love what the movies are doing. We do an episode about that every week. And I totally give a shit about what the movies are doing. But when you're talking about the TV shows, there should always... I'm not even kidding. I'm not joking. There's no humor in my voice right now. At no given time should there be a lack of Batman and Superman on television. There should (laughs) always be a Superman show on television. There should always be a Batman show on television. If you want to call it Gotham, if you want to call it Smallville, if you want to call it Lois and Clark, if you, I don't care what you call it. I don't care what it is. There should always be, these are, <laughs> if the co-part were bettering on the better part of a, of a hundred years now, and these still, these yeah. characters still warrant their own shows. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, look, look back at Greek mythology. Look well, that's back one of my favorite at, parts. you They're, know, uh, like comics in general are, are, this wonderful new pocket of uh, yeah. the mythology of gods. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, you know... And some of them incorporate regardless, I mean, We talked about Wonder Woman for, for how long earlier? Yeah. Regardless of what your religious beliefs are, what my religious beliefs are, what Jason's religious beliefs are, uh, looking at it in the grand scheme of things, Batman and Superman, they are the Western gods. They are... <laughs> they've been around for almost 100 years at this point. 76, 78 years now. 77, some of the, I don't even know. I think it's 76, 77, technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, they... Well, some of them, you know, going back, you know, talking about like, people like in Marvel and stuff, it, it all varies. But my point <laughs> is, all of these characters, like, I think Captain America should have a weekly TV show that has nothing to do with the movies. Like, Superman should have a weekly TV series. That, like, it should be law at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like, it should be law. At this point, the Superman has a weekly TV series. Change the actor, change the writers, change the executive producers, change the whole premise. Do make it Smallville, make it you know Superman of the future, make it Superman of the past. Let's do a 1930s period piece Superman, like for reals this time, like just live action Fleischer all the way. Nice. Whatever you do, Superman and Batman, those two, like the first superhero and are the world's finest should have a weekly tv series just period no arguments (laughs) (laughs) those guys should be on the air every week i should should be able to tune in and look at these two people right and maybe not like weekly weekly like just like the way the system we have now or like the british system like superman and batman are doctor who for us Mm, like that's fair we i don't know maybe i'm just wrong and crazy anyway that may change the time Actually, the the fun part right now is we have Gotham, where it's like Baby mm-hmm. Bruce and <laughs> or Tiny Bats as a con. That counts. That counts as a Batman show, though. Yeah, I say I I'm willing to dig that, especially the him and Alfred combination. I I can deal with that mm-hmm. all day. And Supergirl is she's enough for me. I I don't need Superman. I I mean I would I would the the Tyler Hoechlin spinoff would be fantastic. That's fine. <laughs> I yeah. would absolutely happily tune into that, but she's fine. I like. It, there's nothing mm. wrong with me, like it, with uh, me watching like her be that symbol of hope every week. I am absolutely mm-hmm. inspired by it. It's uh, yeah. The only problem I have with the show is the villains right now, and it even seems like the villains yeah. they're kind of they're kind of pulling that in. And mm-hmm. come on, man, think about so many so many shows we've watched for five, six, seven, ten years. And the villains got a little better after <laughs> yeah. a while. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not willing to, like, throw her under the bus, uh, uh, throw Supergirl under the bus uh, for her villains at this stage. Right. 
No, no, no. Like right now, she's she is she's a fantastic like symbol of hope. The Richard Donner, Christopher Reeve thing that I I loved so mm-hmm. much growing up. They're killing it over there. And for our listeners, just to put you give you an idea of where Jason is right now, because all of this, I'm laughing inside and thinking this sounds really familiar. Uh, I'm not willing to give you know her crap over her villains at this point. Jason's at season nine of Smallville. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> So, all of this sounds very familiar to me. Right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, Melissa Benoist, she does such a great job of playing Supergirl. Um, she is by and far the best part of that show. Like, I'm not being weird. I know, like, I, you know, I know a guy saying something like this is somebody always, oh, it's always going to be like, oh, yeah, I bet you would. It's not like that. I totally just want to give her a hug. Like, <laughs> she embodies... She's so good at bringing that, like, that spirit of hope. No, she's and that hope. Yeah, of... that's, that's the point. She is freaking hope. And this, the spirit of giddiness at becoming, like, she hasn't, like, become cynical about being a superhero at all. Like, everything in this show, like, she feels, like, the way she portrays it, it's like, yes, I am watching someone who is finally becoming a superhero, who is a superhero, and who just has all of the joy because if i was a superhero and honestly if i looked that good in a skirt (laughs) or any damn tight thing (laughs) i would be giddy beyond measure sure i would be so happy to be flying around any town fighting any villain i would just be happy to be flying around because it would erase my fear of flight absolutely any you know i would still i've thought about this a great deal and i think i would still be like afraid that i would like suddenly lose my powers like spider-man and spider-man 2 <laughs> it would take me a it would take me a while to adjust to the idea that i didn't have to care about gravity and ground and the no. approaching of ground mm-hmm. that that would be a while but she does she does such a good job of relaying what it would be like to be a superhero um no. even more so than grant gustin grant gustin does a great job but he's always so weighed by weighed down by his own like screw up personal decisions and what's gonna happen with you know iris and oh my god what is what is wells planning which wells is this a good wells i don't know like he's always so weighed down by all that stuff that he doesn't get to be as joyful like and i know like i i veer toward the grim in terms of superheroes you, but man, she actually brings me back a little bit. You may have hit on a good point here. Um, the, that would be a first. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, I just ramble for no reason. No, uh, uh, you may have a, a great point here. Um, with with Supergirl, the the subplots of her supporting cast are they are a supporting cast in the Flash's world. We care so deeply about the the supporting cast that we may have gotten to the point where their reality means as much as anything else. Mm-hmm. And they actually do a good job of like making their supporting cast. Um, we we have story arcs, we have uh, like subplots, whole uh, whole things that we give a shit about over in Flash. <laughs> but not as much on Supergirl. Not as much. And Flash it, is still my not, favorite. It's not that we don't care a little, it's just we don't care as much. Mm-hmm. So that might be a, a nice thing where like, yeah, Supergirl is just fantastic right now. But it may be to the detriment of her supporting characters, whereas The Flash is kind of spreading yeah. that glory. I don't know, because they've done a lot with Alex that I've really liked this year. 
They, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm one of those guys, like... But for I don't, me, Alex and Wynn are they, almost... Uh, I'll be honest, they haven't done a lot with Wynn. They put him in the DEO, and that's awesome. But that's kind of where I always felt like he needed to be anyway. So that's not <laughs> so really changing went, yeah, his character. No, he's just there now. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, right. And I kind of feel like, you know, Alex's storyline has been on point. And in season one, I never would have thought she would have gone that way. That they would have made her this, you know, suddenly like gay character. Because I never even really like, aside from her like hanging out with Maxwell Lord, I never thought about her sexuality at all, really. Yeah. But they've done such a wonderful job uh, fleshing that out with her, and and they cast such a great person as Maggie. And I was on the fence about that as well. Um, no, they're because she didn't seem like Maggie Sawyer to me, and. But they've done such a good job with that. They've incorporated and, uh, that character so well and kind of like expanded Alex and Alex in the same way that, that I'm. But not just Alex. Like I've heard, I heard like like our friend Jacob Raspberry was complaining like, does everyone have to be a superhero on these shows? But dude, it fits James. Like James, where he's heading, oh, and, and look even at the like promos that are along. coming up. Yeah, it looks so good. It, it's something James, I'm though, paraphrasing, but something like I felt more like myself as Guardian than I ever felt like uh, felt as James. And to be perfectly honest, what what do you think Jimmy Olsen's inner monologue was? What do you think his the inner workings of his brain were in the comics? All those years being Superman's pal, you don't idolize someone like Superman the way Jimmy Olsen idolized Superman without desperately wanting to be him jimmy olsen was a geek a frail nerd of a character and i say this as a frail nerd of a character even though i'm tall and fat like (laughs) (laughs) why do i like superheroes because they're exactly what i am not um so for james olsen to get into shape like he did before the show and to become this character, to realize that I want to be out there on the front lines helping people like Superman, like Supergirl, it makes perfect sense. It makes all the sense in the world to me. It, and it really anyone, does. And like short of it, there's a little bit of uh, arrogance that has to go into any character that wants to do that. But mm-hmm. I mean, short of, of Jimmy being some weird aberration and like countdown. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of it's nice in that in that <laughs> tiny little uh, town to have him. Sorry, that just actually hit my brain. That weird <laughs> apparition. <laughs> yeah, the giant turtle myth. Um, well, I mean, he, that that has precedence back to like the Silver Age, if not the the Golden Age. I can't remember exactly where that fell, but I don't know. <laughs> that would require some research. But it's it's kind of nice uh, for. <laughs> suddenly in this version james uh i'm gonna call him that because that's what he requires um james has the confidence <laughs> of lois lane yeah. he i don't think he's quite i don't think he's quite the lowest lane because i don't think superman has the confidence of lois no lane. he doesn't and he constantly admires that about lois lane but for this uh-huh. for this human to like put on a set of of uh cool tech and go out that's what we always admire about this kind of character and um, it seems like in this, in the uh, little bit we've been shown here, it it seems like he's kind of going out with that bravado, and I, 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 I I'm on board. Yeah. And I always thought of, uh, I always do. I, I think of Lois Lane as having the bravado that 
Clark Kent would have if he thought he was ever Superman, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like she is she is more brave than he is. Like it, it's in ways, cool for yeah. like it's it's cool for Superman to be Superman, but he always knows he's invulnerable. And there are mm-hmm. moments that we all love where he knows he's not invulnerable anymore and he he takes up the slack there and he he does the right thing anyway. But one of the reasons he loves Lois is because he he knows like she's braver than he is. A little bit, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, any human like Lois would have to be braver than Superman. All the risks all the risks that she takes, knowing that she's on not a daily basis. Yeah. Like so much so that like but of course that's also faith in him. Like she knows that he's gonna save him. Save mm-hmm. her. Um anywho, um <laughs> so um yeah, he was Mark Pedowicz, going back to what we were talking about a while ago. We should do news. Mark Pedowicz says, yeah. <laughs> Mark Pedowicz said uh, he was asked whether or not getting the rights to do Superman on the small screen would be problematic. He said, I don't, I can't even answer the question yet because at this time, he says yet though. Keep that in mind. But he says, yeah. I can't even answer the question yet because at this time there are no plans to do it. And there have been no discussions about it. Uh, Greg Berlanning was at least more optimistic about the idea, saying, "Look, we were just really lucky. We asked to have him on, or have him come on for the first couple episodes, and they were great about it. We'd love to have Tyler back. He's amazing. He was great in the role. In success, I think all those things are possible. I'm always the guy who says yes if there seems to be an appetite for it, and the people involved are really nice. I think there's absolutely an appetite for it. I would love to see Tyler." come back and play superman again true of course like i said i'm the guy that wants to see tyler and henry hang out tyler hecklin and henry cavill hang out together on screen as superman both superman uh i you know i i want to see all of the multiverse goodness but sure that's why i'm doing a podcast and not writing this stuff (laughs) um (laughs) uh so andrew kreisberg was recently asked by ew what in the relationship of john jones and mcgann may change as a result of his nearly turning into a white Martian. He replied that his relationship with McGann is an important one over the next, the next batch of episodes. There is some really great stuff for David Harwood or Harewood and Sharon Leal that we are really excited about. We love Sharon's performance and we love seeing David and Sharon together as some of our favorite stuff this season. We've been really lucky with our romantic pairings this season. And we really think that John or Jean and McGann have a great storyline coming up. So, obviously seems to be hinting at a romantic pairing between them, and why wouldn't they? They're both Martians, even if one's a white Martian and one's a green Martian. Um, but, uh, you know, he he's experienced um, her version of things, and they are kind of alone in the world. So, exploring the idea makes sense. Yeah, and that would kind of romantically be kind of cool, like the last white Martian, the last green Martian they can kind of bridge the gap and make another a new race of Martians. Yeah, there's, there's, it doesn't have to be weird. Doesn't have to be weird. <laughs> well, Sorry, now it does, because she said it like that. <laughs> yeah, what did he say? She was his niece. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, those Martians like to keep it all in the family. It just um, no, don't do that. Don't do that. And you're not gonna have the willpower to do that once you've seen this damn show. <laughs> I know. Anyway, uh, Rachel Talele talked with 
cinema blend about working with Linda Carter and Melissa Benoist during the Welcome to Earth episode of season two. She said of the Wonder Woman references in that episode, they were written in the script and they were absolutely embraced. We were allowed to push them, but they were definitely in the script. That was great because they gave us permission to just say, we know we're doing Wonder Woman homages. So there was an absolutely magical moment when it was scripted that Melissa would do the Wonder Woman twirl to put herself out when she was on fire. <laughs> Linda came and said, I'll show you how to do it. I have on my phone a video of Linda Carter showing Melissa Benoist how. And that should be available right now. Why am I not watching that right now instead of doing this shitty podcast that, that is a thing <laughs> that should be available to the world right you're depriving us right now die diehard fans of the show dc on screen feel free to let us know that it's not a shitty podcast i will i will be happy with that i need the pump i need the <laughs> uh the, the self-esteem boost if you will to get through my <laughs> My tiresome week. Sorry, more than that, I need Linda Carter showing <laughs> Benoist how to do. And more than, more than that, twist. I need that, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Greg Berlanti revealed to the Entertainment Weekly, to the Entertainment Weekly, I'm like 60, that the villain <laughs> in the upcoming... <laughs> The villain in the upcoming musical crossover between Supergirl and The Flash will, in fact, be Music Meister, and that they're about to finish the script. Music Meister was created for Batman The Brave and the Bold. Fantastic show. In the oh, Emmy-nominated yes. episode, Mayhem of the Music Meister, voiced by the one and only Neil Patrick Harris, asked about the future, sorry, asked about the return of MPH to the well-received role. He says, we haven't gone about casting it yet, but it's the right question, though. <laughs> God, Christ I hope Bird. they get him. I, oh. Oh, man. Oh. This is, this is my wish for the new, the new year. Get him. Yeah. Until they get him, and then we'll be bitching because they didn't do something else. Um, no, screw that. No. No, I'm down. <laughs> right? Uh, Andrew Kreisberg spoke to Entertainment Weekly saying, there are going to be people from both shows singing. Um, he also talked about the episode's place in the series. He says, what I love about it, like with that Joss Whedon would do with Hush or The Body, where he would have these very special episodes, but they were still intrinsic to the storytelling that was going on, is when we get to the musical episode, both Barry and Kara will find themselves at pivotal crossroads on their respective series. The experience of going through the musical will have a great impact on both series moving forward. I love that he caught that in Once mm -hmm. More With Feeling. I love it. Once More With Feeling is maybe the best episode of television ever produced that wasn't on Firefly. <laughs> and maybe beyond that. Um, he also talked about the shows being under construction, saying, we're still working that out right now. We're still writing the script and trying to figure out exactly what we're going to do. Again, though, that should currently be past tense if they're on schedule. Of the rest of the season, he said Kara is, face is still facing Cadmus, and there will be a couple of returning villains. Livewire is coming back. Parasite is coming back. So we have a couple of classic DC Comics characters. And mm -hmm. probably unlike in the comics, uh, Parasite won't have an asshole on his stomach. Um, sure. I think a lot of the pull of the next episodes is the mystery of Monel and what he is hiding. And who are these people who are tracking him? And that coincides with the two of them growing closer and seeing where that relationship goes. <laughs> Bow chicka wow wow. He's a good looking dude, Kara. He's a good looking <laughs> dude. 
Uh, Andrew Kreisberg recently confirmed that the Black Flash will be returning to the CW toward the end of the season. Exciting! I knew he was coming back, though. What's more, according to DC... Sorry, according to TV Guide, he told reporters, I will say that you might be seeing him on a couple of shows. On multiple shows, he says. What? What? Is he... How? Oh, my... Oh... He went on to say he's that a classic really character. Makes it sense. Uh, it, it makes it sound like he's going to be uh, the the guy that ends uh, Zoom. I'm sorry, Reverse Flash. Now that yeah, he's going to like, pop over to Legends of Tomorrow and just like and just take that down Reverse Flash. Yeah, right. And move on with his day. <laughs> take that, you bard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a classic character. We have storylines on multiple shows that fit him having or fit having him around. There's something so scary about him. Something even scarier than when he was just a man. Because now, he's the Grim Reaper. He is the devil. How do you stop the devil? So it presents an interesting challenge for the heroes of the respective shows in which he appears. No word on whether Teddy Sears will be able to return for the role. That excites me. I just hear Kevin Spacey going, How do you how do you shoot the devil, Agent Coolion? What if you miss? <laughs> nice. Uh, so Robbie, Robbie Amell is apparently going to return as Ronnie Raymond. Um, Entertainment Weekly has exclusively scooped the uh, reappearance of Robbie Amell on an upcoming winter episode of The Flash. Details on what form he will take are still pending. I'm always down to see Ronnie Raymond. Yeah. Um, and like Robbie Amell, too. I would, I would be totally okay if they somehow just reset the timeline. Hey, Barry. <laughs> wink, wink. And suddenly Ronnie Raymond was on The Legends of Tomorrow instead of Jack's, because... He's annoying. <laughs> um, He's had some good moments. He has had a few good moments. Uh, and, and now I've invested he, too much into him. I, I, I want to see him redeemed more than I want to see him replaced. I am exactly as invested as like I think he should be replaced, and then the other legends remember him briefly and go, "Well, that was unfortunate. We liked him, kinda." And then he, and then they forget about him. Kind of like they didn't even bother doing with the uh, <laughs> Hawks. Yeah. Um. EP Andrew Kreisberg gave some hints about Iris's future on The Flash to Entertainment Weekly and talked about Barry's quest to change the future he saw. He says whether they do get out of it is the question. In an upcoming episode, they learn a little bit more about the future, and they now have a list of things they know will occur between now and May. Their operating principle is can they stop enough of these things to change time? They have a little bit of a roadmap. It reminds me of Oliver's list. They've got a mission every week to see if they could change the future, which is something we've never seen before. Most of Flash is about the hold that the past has on you and how you can't change your past or the terrible things that happened to you. They've never really had to deal with knowing something terrible is happening down the pike, and can they avert it? I know, man. That's so exciting. I, Yeah, I liked his excitement about that. It's why The Flash is my favorite series. <laughs> <laughs> aside from probably Rick and Morty, which is the best thing that's been written in like 20 years. <laughs> Don't judge that statement until you've watched all of it. Um, <laughs> I, I've, I, I feel obligated to mention Futurama, but okay. All right. Nah, man, Rick and Morty blow I'm Futurama still mostly with out you. of the water. Rick and, Rick and Morty blow Futurama out of the water. Mm. It blows everything out of the water. Um, I Just submit early. Mm. <laughs> I submit only. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> it has previously been reported that Gorilla City and Gorilla Grodd will be showing up on The Flash. More details have arrived via TV line. And now appears the story will also involve Solovar, who will be voiced by Keith David. It will take place during episodes 13 and 14 of this season. Kreisberg also confirmed that one episode will take place on Earth 2, Gorilla City, and one will be on Earth 1. Uh, Grant Gostin got a little older while we were away. The Flash star turned 27 on January January 14th. Uh, Congratulations, Grant. We love you. You know what? I'll extend it to you. As with Melissa Benoist. You were standing in front of me. Dude, I would hug you. Yep. You brought so much joy. With your bobblehead and your vocal fry. Even with that. (laughs) Just adorable man. Don't Google those. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they will just annoy you. Uh, Mark Guggenheim. Apparently Mark Guggenheim, EP of Arrow, wasn't thrilled with the spoilerific promo for the return of Arrow. Oh, okay, so you're not in charge of everything, huh, Googs? He told reporters after his Television Critics Award press... It's the same in the movies, though, right? Like, you know, yeah. shit get chipped out. Without commenting on the promo, which I have nothing to do with, and without commenting on the spoiler... I would say that the episode ends with laying a very specific seed with a very specific game plan on our part, on our part that we hope to see come to fruition. He also talked about Felicity's dark arc saying, as with all things related to Arrow, it's not what you initially think it is, and it will ultimately relate to the season's overall theme of legacy, but it will be very specific to Felicity. Billy was the final straw. He's also the sum of the fact that Felicity has been living in this darker world for the last four-plus years now. How has that affected her way of thinking about things? I'm down. I think Billy should be the last straw. Billy Malone now. Damn you. I had to do it again. I'm sorry. I know. TV Guide, sorry, TV Line, is reporting that EP Wendy Miracle was asked about the (laughs) possibility. Sorry, the damn you. (laughs) (laughs) Wendy Miracle was asked about the possibility of a Black Canary uh, returning to Arrow in Season 5 and told reporters there's definitely a possibility. She also told them, look, it's hard to do a show about Green Arrow without having a Black Canary. Well, you did it for like three years. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it will happen this season or when, but we're going to be true to Origins in the DC Universe. No, you're not. <laughs> and she's always going to be there. Maybe a name. Okay. But whatever. Okay. I'll I'll give him the benefit okay. of the doubt. Again. Again. Similar, similarly, Greg Berlanti told reporters, we made a deal at the end of that season to bring her back for a bunch of episodes. Katie is a part of the fabric of the show. There's the capacity for her to be in all four shows. At this moment, she's in three of them. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Uh, he added, because the show, like a comic book, can move in different ways, and characters go and come, everybody that's ever been a part of the key and core ensemble has always had a place at the table for our show. Boom! Tommy. <laughs> that sounds like Tommy's coming back somewhere, y'all. What no, I've been saying, y'all. Nobody. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, now, Den of Geek is reporting that Guggenheim had some things to say at a presser about the future of the flashback device on Arrow. He says, we basically went into this season with the expectation that we would get a sixth season, and we basically decided that this would be the last year of the island-centric flashbacks. I think going forward, 
flashbacks are still a part of the show and we've seen in plenty of episodes we've done non-island non-russia flashbacks with felicity and we're doing that again on 513 we're going to flashback to renee's period before he was wild dog that's cool i want to see more of him yeah uh that's a tool in our toolbox i don't think we have an expectation to do a flashback every single episode of season six but again it's part and parcel of the show and we'll just continue going on the way we are he also added we've totally talked about flash forwards i love that Mm -hmm. what i don't love is what the next part and I don't rule that out at all, but the island story, which is a continuing story unlike the other flashbacks I've mentioned, will end in season five. Um, I'm fine with no more island flashbacks, but I would really like flash forwards. I think that would be cool. Well, the flash forwards would be great if they did them right. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, I want like Lost Style. Only, like, y- you have <laughs> to do this is you, you promised me the island. Mm-hmm. Wrap that shit up. Absolutely. Wrap it up. Stephen Amell took to Facebook to let the Arrow fans know about a change in pace in the latter half of this season. He said, we are in the thick of it right now. We are filming our 15th episode of the season. We have a couple of episodes coming up that are really fun. A couple of episodes that I'm barely in the Arrow suit, which is not to say that the action is lower. It's just different. And I'm very proud of the latter half of the show. By the way, I don't think I mentioned all of the shows have been renewed. Oh, God. Yeah. No. Um, Everything's coming back. Including Legends of Tomorrow. And like DC TV Squadcast, the little spinoff show for the DC TV stuff. Yeah. With Brent, who Brent is amazing. I love Brent. Um, you guys should check that show out. He was like, hey guys, all the shows are coming back, Dave, <laughs> with your Legends of Tomorrow bullshit about how it's going to be canceled. He didn't say all that because it was on Twitter and that's probably way more than 140 characters. Mm, but sure. I'm like, I humbly bow, humbly bow to you, Brent, and your amazing belief that they weren't going to be canceled because I totally felt Legends was. <laughs> well done man <laughs> oh man brent's an awesome guy salt of the earth um <laughs> uh, <laughs> wentworth miller talked with entertainment weekly about his legends of tomorrow return he said my sense is that if snark comes back into the story actually this is the way he actually talks in real life so i'll do that my sense is that if snark comes back into the storyline <laughs> via his present-day incarnation, that he's a straight-up villain. He hasn't gone on that first season Legends of Tomorrow journey yet. I'll stop. So when he meet, so when we meet him again, quote-unquote, alive in 2017, I imagine that he's going to be much like when we first met him in the first season on The Flash, which I'm looking forward to because it means I get to arc to a completely different place. Uh, talking about he and Sarah's last second kiss, he said, I'm also looking forward very much to whatever the writers have in store as far as Snart as has with White Canary. There was a kiss remembered by White Canary, but not Snart. Talking about his role in the Legion of Doom, he said, "Is this, or what I can tell you is that Snart is not used to taking orders. He's not a team player. That was certainly his story the first season on Legends, so I expect fireworks. I look forward to it. Uh, I kind of don't. I do because I like Wentworth Miller and I like Captain Cold, but I really liked where Snart was heading when they offed him. Yeah, the only thing I have against it, and it's not the show's fault, he was a lot of fun as a villain and he was a lot of fun as a, a, I don't know, recovered villain, I call it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've gotten really used to that version of him. I prefer the term refurbished. Refurbished villain. (laughs) That's actually way better. Um. He's he's uh, he's he's a lot of fun, but 
going back to them, I'm kind of going to, like, I'm going to enjoy it, but it, 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 the only thing it will deprive me of is seeing his, like, journey as a character. Mm-hmm. And that's a little disappointing. But I still get kind of the old version of Captain Cold that I really loved. Yeah. Yeah. Not so bad. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see him anyway. Um, Mark Guggenheim was asked by TV, TV line about the Spear of Destiny on Legends of Tomorrow. He said, changing time is like painting with the biggest paintbrush possible. Using the Spear of Destiny is like using a very, very fine point technical pen. He also talked briefly about the new Rip Hunter, who was American. <laughs> doesn't have any memory of time mastery, saying, Arthur has so embraced this version of Rip He's obviously doing an accent, but he's also doing a whole different performance. That seems to play out in the promos so far. Mm-hmm. He is definitely not doing this like mm-hmm. controlled, or at least trying to be controlled version of a person. Mm-hmm. He's just some asshole that's dealing with some weird shit. <laughs> a synopsis that can be said of any character on the show at this moment, I, I realize. True that. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing in the world to prepare me for hearing you say true dat. <laughs> according, according to YVR Shoots, Matthew McCall was recently caught shooting some scenes for Legends of Tomorrow with Arthur Darville. That means the return of Commander Steel. Also, Rip's hair is back to normal, so it could hint that the no-memory American part of his story will be wrapped up in the next couple of months. Uh, so big news that we've somehow managed to not talk about yet, but Constantine is back. That took a lot of self-control kind of. not to just open the show with Constantine! Um, <laughs> well, I'm not nearly as excited about it as you are. I'm sorry. I I, I, I realize I realize it's, it's a mitigated form, but oh, God, I'm still so excited about this mm-hmm. character. Mark Pedowitz told the audience of the TCA that CWC will be bringing our favorite Hellblazer, one John Constantine, back as one of his animated shows. The format will be very similar to Vixen and the Ray, with five or six ten-minute episodes being released weekly. David S. Goyer, Greg Berlani, and Sarah Schechter will produce. Importantly for fans of this iteration, Matt Ryan will be coming back as the voice of Constantine. All amazing, except based on what I've seen of Vixen, if it's going to be roughly the same people writing it, I'm worried because Vixen was not in either season, in either animated season, good at all. Um, and I don't have any assurance that they're picking up the story from the live-action Constantine. So I, I do, I am concerned about that. I'm concerned about the writing of the show. I don't want this animated version of Constantine to be neutered uh, <laughs> narratively the same way that, the, neutered narratively the same way that Vixen has been. Because honestly, I think Vixen is an intriguing character. Uh... The, the actress who plays the proper version, present-day version of Vixen, is very good. She does a great voice. She's great in live action. We've seen her on Arrow. I would love to see more of her. But um, her shows were ill-paced, poorly edited, poorly written. I don't want to see Matt Ryan have to... I don't want to see that with Matt Ryan <laughs> and with Constantine. I, I like the... I like the uh, the NBC Constantine. It you know my hope would be that, and I I'm bothered by the fact that I see David S. Goyer here. I don't see Daniel Cerrone. No, that which is confusing. And I, I I thought he'd be attached, mm-hmm. like tangentially at least. And to be fair, like at, at season one of Vixen, it did it, it at least expanded the character. It took some chances. Right. 
it was wooden and kind of weird in ways that uh-huh. um, were bothersome. And and season two was worse. It, it yeah, that part it went it went less spectacle and more wooden, and that was uh-huh. strange. It I think the spectacle was supposed to be in the, the the idea that like you got to see all these characters all here, but it it just didn't play exactly because it uh-huh. was just a weird little like five minute vignette and. Yeah. On Constantine, if we're going to see him again, we want to see, like... We want to see things we didn't get to see, frankly. I mean, we we want to see way more spectacle. And we want to see Matt Ryan getting to be an absolute smart... uh, Like, smartass. Yeah. I mean, we have little bits, you know, we can kind of gauge what happened after season one of Constantine. Uh, I mean, you know, Arrow told us that Constantine was in hell. We assume that he's getting that little girl out of hell. Uh, it I was a good assumption. It may not be founded, but it was a great assumption. That's where the short, that, like that's where the story should be going right now. Absolutely, I want to. There was the uprising, the all that. Um, we there's so much we want from it, and we haven't been told about any of the uh, the co-stars right now. Um, no. Chaz coming back. Um, God help me. What's her name? Zed. Zed. Thank you. Um, no idea about her. We, we yeah. really don't know what we're getting exactly right now. But, and to be yeah. optimistic, we do have Matt Ryan as freaking Constantine. And uh-huh. he's he's really good at it. He, uh-huh. He's just so Which is, is funny, because he's so, he's so tied into Constantine now that there's going to, I mean, bigger than Grant Gustin, there's going to be an outcry when they do Justice League Dark or Dark Universe or whatever the hell they're calling it in the movies, and they don't cast Matt Ryan as Constantine, there's going to be an outcry. I think bigger than what Grant Gustin outcry was for when he wasn't flash i i think so too and he's already he he's just he's already proven himself mm-hmm. what are you gonna do absolutely I, the man made constantine work on screen yeah he was cynical absolutely uncaring witty fun charismatic enigmatic the whole fucking package and did so and was so in though i loved it and admittedly neutered Hellblazer uh, uh, series that was on NBC. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, Greg Berlani will be teaming up with Mara Braca Kill and Salim Akil, who spearheaded the game, being Mary Jane, Girlfriends, and Soul Food, to bring Jefferson Pierce, aka Black Lightning, to the small screen. A current synopsis of the pilot says it will feature Pierce, who hung up his suit and his secret identity years ago. However, with a daughter hell-bent on justice and a star student being recruited by a local gang, he'll be pulled back into the fight as the wanted vigilante and DC legend Black Lightning. It would be cool if they, if he was kind of really older and he was like, they actually did go back to the 70s look of Black Lightning for a minute. Very fun. I doubt I doubt they'll do that. But anyway, uh, asked about the possibility of a crossover to the other shows. Berlani said, "I don't think so. If we're lucky enough that that exists, that that show exists, I don't think those worlds will cross over." So Black Lightning doesn't quite have a series green light. Like it's not quite there yet. Berlani says, "You know, if we're lucky enough that that exists, the show exists," which to me says they have a pilot order. And they don't have a series, but um, so there, there's a little bit of hope that we won't drown. I kind of do want to see a Black Lightning show, though. <laughs> we are not uh, want to see that, yeah. Yeah, apparently, like when and they, I like when the idea of John's... it being an older guy. Mm-hmm. 
when John's announced that there was going to be another show being announced and more to many more to come, I, uh, I responded to it on Twitter with like a, a little gif of someone drowning. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently squad, uh, Scott of the suicide squad cast thought that was like the, like hilarious <laughs> because he posted it. He responded with a gif of like Jack Nicholson's Joker laughing. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah. Going over to Powerless, they've released a bunch of promos, uh, including one where it's revealed that Alan Tudyk is now, has now been retooled um, to be Bruce Wayne's cousin, Van Wayne. Vanderveer Wayne. Yep. Um, hate that idea. Hate the idea of any other Waynes popping around. I, I've still um, got no preference here. That, that one's... I don't know why. To be honest, I don't know why. I have no. It's never occurred to me that there would be any cousins of Bruce Wayne floating about. Uh, any aunts, uncles. Um, I just always kind of felt like he was the last. It's one of those things where I didn't. It never even occurred to me. But now that it has, and now that someone's brought it up, I just think that's not okay. But um, throughout the promos, like we have a promo where um, Vanessa Hudgens' character sees Silver Fox fighting some supervillain. Mm-hmm. And she goes, is it a bird? Is that a plane? And then they like city rubble, like dust falls on her face. And Danny Pudi goes, can you really not tell the difference between a bird and a plane? <laughs> um, kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, every promo I've seen for this show, it looks like utter garbage. It's, it doesn't make it, you laugh. It doesn't at all feel like utter garbage yet. I just need to see the first episode and see what I'm dealing with. Yeah, I mean, look. I mean, Alan Tudyk I, uh, calling Bruce Wayne, hey, B-dubs. That could be fantastic, no. or it could be way too much in the wrong direction. I don't, I don't know. No, yet. and you know, B Dubs, him calling Bruce Wayne B Dubs, with like combined with him going, I'm more of a big picture guy, and then showing the picture of him, the giant picture of himself, and going, that is a very big picture. Um, it's not funny. It's corny. It's stupid. I'm not saying the show will be corny and stupid. I'm saying, and this happens often, the promos are corny and stupid. <laughs> they are not getting me on their side here. They are. I not. do think that moment is corny Pudi. and stupid. I'm not let me tell you this. holding it against it quite yet. I just want to see a promo. I, am, I, I, I just, just need to see the like first episode. See where I see where I land with it. This is not the ang. I assure you. This is not the anguished outcry of a podcaster who was sick and tired of reviewing shows. It's not. It is. <laughs> it may seem that way with the drowning gif, but I assure you that was a joke. What I'm it saying, had though. It a lot to do with Lucifer. Yeah, it has a lot to do with Lucifer. A lot to do with Lucifer. Like, but 85% of that is Lucifer. Is, uh, <laughs> and quite honestly, I loved, I loved the idea of Powerless. I loved that their insurance company was called Retcon. I loved all of that. <laughs> I hate, hate this idea that they're at Wayne Industries now. I hate it. I think it's a stupid retcon, no pun intended, honestly. And mm. what I really, I do you know, and you know, but the I don't think the audience quite knows. I love Firefly. I love Community. You know how hard it is for me to say that something looks like garbage that stars both Alan Tudyk and Danny Pudi? I have no opinion on Vanessa Hudgens. I didn't watch High School Musical. I don't know about that shit. I'm 33. What the hell do I know about that? But Alan <laughs> Tudyk and Danny Pudi, Dems is my dogs. I, I don't want to like bitch anything out that they're in. But this looks like shit so far. 
Uh, I would be incredibly surprised if it lasted more than a season, if that. Hold out hope that it looks good once once the actual shows appear that this looks good but so far this is not clicking with me it's not even not even on a level of i'm a comic book guy and i know what these references are to it's just not clicking with me period yeah i've still got it hope. Looks I, I mean i'm not ridiculous it, it's not really that deep for me I'll, I'll i'll say at this point it's it's like what if better <laughs> better off ted was about superheroes and not funny <laughs> that would be rough also i love the better off ted <laughs> reference that show was fantastic <laughs> i haven't even seen all of it i just know from the few episodes i've watched with you that it was great <laughs> it was good um, moving on uh empire in line has a new clip of constantine and justice league dark another animated constantine guys mm-hmm. along with a brief interview with which Matthew will Ryan. actually be another one i mean uh, i don't mm-hmm. think the universes are going to match at all but there's no plan. Yeah. So you might as well cast him in the DCU, guys. Jeff Johns, I'm looking at you. Buddy. At this point. Um, he knows. They asked, you would know you say. He, uh, I have faith that he knows. Empire asked, would you say that Constantine or your interpretation of him has changed between the series, the appearance on Arrow, and now Justice League Dark? Matt says, I think that the, DC, uh, that the TV universe is a little bit different from the others, basically. We're just trying to bring what I knew of him and the voice and just play him in this context having him interact with Batman and Zatanna or Deadman and Swamp Thing. By the way, all things I hoped to see on Constantine when it was on NBC. All those relationships, which we didn't get to explore on the TV show, was really fun to do, but also in animation, he can shoot bolts, and the magic is perfect. Uh, sorry, is different. I was thinking perfect. So. <laughs> so it is a different universe, and he's slightly different in that context, but still the same guy underneath. The DNA of the character is still there, the wisecracking, wisecracking magician who reluctantly does what he does. Um, over to games. If you're playing DC Universe Online, then congratulations on six years of gaming. Daybreak Game Company announced an Attack of the Anti-Monitor anniversary event that will be playable until January 31st. In it, you will travel to the future to find a wrecked metropolis that has been destroyed by the Guardians. Uh, new open world missions, new raids, and new gear will help you square off against the big guy in all his glory. This is an anti-monitor invasion, cats, so jump in that's solid that's solid references that's that's good it is uh warner brothers is got (laughs) warner brothers interactive entertainment and nether realm studios confirmed the upcoming justice league sorry injustice 2 will absolutely wait for it include a playable dark side dark side's gotta omega beam them fools another asshole (laughs) i'm pretty sure that's what he does so young justice um Jasmine Shawarma, <laughs> Greg Wiseman, Sexy Deadpool 69. There was a whole Twitter conversation. Uh, the question was posed. So we are talking about Young Justice. We'll never get an LGBT character in the show. Definitely not a main character or member on the team. Greg Wiseman responds. There are already LGBT characters in Young Justice. Back in 2012, uh, he said in response to a fan question, I also believe we have differently oriented characters in the series, even though we're not allowed to mention it out loud. And just to be sure, I checked to see if we were allowed and got a no answer. Everyone seems to want to get there, but we're not there yet. So it looks like 
now in season three, we're actually going to have young justice characters who are a part of the LGBTQ community that were previously forbidden by the network to be outed. Um, and he does say that was then. So that makes it seem like things have changed guys. Nice. So it looks like somebody on young justice is, uh, going to be differently oriented sexually. And, uh, there you go. The times they are a changing as Bob Dylan said, right? But it has come that time of the night. I'm out of news, and Jason is hiccuping. Yep. So um, <laughs> we are DC on screen, and you can find every episode at DCOnScreen.com. And thank you so much for listening. And if you love us, if you enjoy the show, and you want to see us continue, you want to make sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that we're here every week, at the very least here every week, giving you this news. Go to iTunes. Go to Stitcher. I know it's a pain in the ass. But give us those five-star reviews. Those five-star written reviews because they go a really long way in helping us get further out there, get more reach, and quite honestly get more revenue because, you know, it takes a lot to put together a show. Um, but when you do that, you will be entered into a contest, uh, and one in ten will win. We will randomly draw from uh, random.org, the true random number generator, and one in ten will win a free trade paperback, Blu-ray, or DVD valued at $15 or less. Of course, DC-related stuff. Um, so that's what we have. And be sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook, DC on Screen. We love to have conversations with you guys. Tell us whether you like a milk or not. I don't know. <laughs> um, Why not? Anyway, guys, we love you. Until next time, keep some DC on your screen. Look around you. That car you're driving. That house your family lives in. Making your daughter laugh. Inspiring her to dream. You did that. Teaching your son to drive. Teaching him he can be anything. All you. And your dreams for tomorrow. You'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen, they are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance, protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC.